All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awakened Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, we are now in the summer-autumn 2020 season, and I'm excited that today my good friend Elizabeth Wood is back with us. And you know what's so interesting is like every time Elizabeth is on the show, I always get a new insight, a new aha, something that clicks that hadn't before. So it's always fascinating, and I'm always excited about what I'm going to have the aha about, what new insight, you know, what's going to open up for me. And I'm sure you all are as well. And so for those of you who may not know Elizabeth, you know, today we're talking about reclaiming the house of light. And um, Elizabeth is considered an advanced seer. She works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology, trauma healing, and futurism. And with her lifelong ability to see into and work with all dimensions. Her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world. Called the Living Library and Oracle, Elizabeth has spent her whole life studying anthropological theory, quantum physics, ancient and modern medicine. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology, and her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. And I really want to emphasize, you know, it's like Elizabeth shares with us practical tools, practical knowledge that we can apply in our day-to-day -day lives, So, which I find really helpful because it's like, that's what we need. That's the support that we need. And today, like I said, we're going to be talking about reclaiming the house of light, and we're going to be talking about the DNA and all of its structures. Um, we're going to be talking about how you know our DNA is not just the double helix. We're going to talk more about what that is. We're going to be talking about how the library of the universe and the DNA relate to one another and reclaiming this house of light and what is blocking you. So what is blocking you from reclaiming this house of light um, and living a less reactive and judgmental life consciously. And we are all striving to do that. I, you know, I, I talk about that all the time, it's like judgment free, judgment free, be in allowance, have less judgment, less reaction, respond to the energy, respond to the universe and etc. So we're going to talk about so much. And of course, you know, be open to, what new insights you get. And of course, there's always gonna be some sort of tools or processes that Elizabeth is gonna share with us to support us in being the best version of ourselves, living our greatest life. So Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I like talking with you all uh, every, every time we get together. It's always very special. Oh, absolutely. And we are gonna be taking some live caller questions a little bit later. Um, because, you know, a lot of times the questions that the audience has, you know, brings up more stuff for us to talk about, right? And share. Absolutely. So I want to start off by, you know, this is the first time I think that I have heard the term house of light, right? And reclaiming the house of light. <laughs> so let's talk about that first. Yeah. So um, there's a little story behind it. And it's a recent uh, sort of remembrance and realization and um, a lot of times when you're a seer you can see so much and you've got to really get out of the way and not control it so source the source field this beautiful intelligent field that we all arise from this field is very deeply personal because it's part of you it's what you are a part of and sometimes I'll have a direct interface with that information in a very personal way. And so I want to talk about what happened and why I ended up 
realizing what the body is, the DNA is, this house of light. Well, I had this big, huge breakthrough experience around solstice and personal choice. I had to decide, am I going to stay in this body? Am I going to limp along partly in my body and partway out the way I've been doing most of my life? Well, the whole time, I, I really haven't been in my body. And, you know, or am I going to heal? Am I going to fix this problem and get in? <laughs> and so I thought it was going to be really difficult and traumatizing and hard to get into the body, but it wasn't because I got out of the way and being mystically trained as well as academically trained, knowing when to step aside and let things be done around you, to you, through you is really a, a skill. So I got out of the way and in this ability finally to move out of the way, the earth, God source helped me get into my body. And it was one cell at a time, Alara. It was like trillions and trillions of births. And it was incredibly radical and intense. And when I finally could feel being in my body for the first time, and it's totally transformed me. And with this full being, this embodiment, now there's more memory. And this memory comes from not just my soul's memory, but my DNA too. So I get to access all this deep, deep remembrance about what is the DNA. And so I saw this beautiful vision where the DNA was laid out. And I just want people to kind of relax into this and kind of take this journey with me because I'm in super relaxed mode today. <laughs> um, and so the DNA got laid out, but it was not just this beautiful double helix spiral. It was made of structures. The helix itself is made of multiple structures. There's one part of the helix that spirals up and out and one that spirals down. And there's another part called Z DNA that looks pretty funky. Looks kind of like a zigzag but it holds it all together and I heard literally the words and this is where it gets interesting when sometimes source is not just visual for me it's actually audio and I heard the words this is the house of light and knowing how DNA works we all of us have probably studied it a little bit enough to know that DNA is full of memory it's full of a lot of memory. It's epigenetic memory. It's of a memory from your ancestors. And most of the memory that we carry from our ancestors on this planet is pretty negative. It's full of a lot of trauma and oppression. And so that's the biggest block. It's this house. It's a house full of memory. And it's a house that's also full of the knowing how to interface with nature, knowing how to connect to source God. These are innately part of what the DNA is. And what I saw then was that the job at the moment, and it's so simple, 
the job at the moment is for us to move anything out of the way, all the trash bags of trauma, but especially our ancestors. It's one thing for us to go through our trauma stuff and really focus on our own things. But most of the time people end up saying, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I still feel really blocked. What is going on? Why does it all seem to come back? And it seems to come back because, well, it didn't actually leave. It's just that now you're up against half a million years of other people's trauma. So I want to show a little bit of a different technique today about what that is going to take. And that's going to use the library of the universe. The library of the universe is frequencies. It's made of all the frequencies that exist in this universe. Go ahead. So, yeah, so um, you keep cutting out. So I don't know if they're having issues with your internet, your Wi-Fi. I don't think. Uh, because I keep seeing it going to red and yellow and then back to white, you know, with some, like the big fluctuations. Well, I'm out in the boonies, so my bandwidth might not be very good, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, well, we'll keep, we'll keep trying. And if it is annoying, then I'll come back and try again and mm -hmm. see if come if getting off and getting back on helps okay, so awesome. just uh let me know yeah if it's being annoying and i was gonna say really quickly for people who are watching now who are here live if you want to just mute your video that also helps with bandwidth issues okay so you know like right now the only people talking are myself and elizabeth so nobody else really needs to have their video on you can put your video on and when you're going to ask a question for example but until then you don't really need to have your video on, okay? So that might also help. Okay, let's give it a shot, good, yeah. okay. <laughs> let's try it so, out. So the House of Light is also your library card. Your body is how you read the books of the universe. The universal library is full of every frequency that exists. And when I've perceived it, it's, peak separation experiences and peak experiences of oneness and everything in between. And it's all welcome in the library. The library itself is love and love is a force. It's much more than a single frequency. Love is the whole force that creates the, the universe and it draws oneness. And that love is also the container of all those frequencies. So by actually being in the attention of love, and what I mean by that is saying, you know, I'm going to notice whatever is in front of me right now. I'm going to love it the best I can. I'm going to merge with it even. I'm going to welcome it, just like the universe does, just like Source God does with all things. There is only one requirement for love, and that's existence. So with this true unconditional love, a definition of actual unconditional love, we get to access all these frequencies. Again, a lot of them aren't pleasant. There's a frequency of suffering for all of us that we all know about, but the house of light can read it. The house of light allows it to move through informing the soul's evolution without it necessarily becoming trauma when it becomes trauma is when we resist it 
And so the tool is non-resistance, non-resistance. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm really mad about this thing that somebody posted and this is, you know, crazy. They're, they're nuts. What are you feeling? You're resisting the frequency that they're putting out there. Mm -hmm. That's totally normal. It's fair enough. People do. We all resist. But here's this conscious attention of love. Okay, here's this person having an experience. They have an opinion. It exists. What if I just allow it? Mm-hmm. Allow it and I welcome it to move on through. Okay, yeah, I'm angry. Okay, anger, hi. You're welcome to move through, walk through my house, inform my soul about what is this anger. And this is a very dramatically different way of addressing our trauma than going through our bad memories and all of our stuff and trying to think about all the things that our ancestors might have gone through and like trying to find it in our bodies. And it's a lot of work. And I've certainly taught about that work. It's valuable up to a point. Yeah. And here we are with the earth changing so much, Alara. And the humans, of course, are doing their best to match up. They're trying to sync up to what the earth is requiring. And she requires a very heightened state of being at the moment. So big, massive amounts of trash bags are being examined, not just one at a time or 10 at a time. We're talking like thousands of trash bags at a time are coming up. Up to it just has to be the most important task at the moment is to reclaim our house of light so that the frequencies can move through and inform us and not turn into trauma anymore. It's how we were originally built Mm -hmm. and how, and the reason why DNA was built in the first place was two things, the memory piece and then the evolution of the soul, of the consciousness. There isn't any more specific complexities to why DNA exists. It's a tool, it's a, it's a technology. Mm-hmm. And the soul itself, as the soul changes, as the soul welcomes this stuff and acts in a state of attention that's about love, noticing and allowing all things to exist because they do in, in order to inform our soul, to help our souls evolve. Then when we're able to allow that, we have have a whole other dynamic that comes to play and that's light itself light and frequency are the same but the soul is it becomes more light and it takes over the dna and the trash bags are shifted through the welcoming of these difficulties and these problematic frequencies and not resisting them when so- all that moved it becomes full of light and that light changes the body and this is so cool this is the juicy part here but go ahead what's the question no i was just gonna say so you know so this is all about you know being present with what is you know allowing the the situation to move through us not getting caught up in the trauma and drama of it and and being fully present in our body and knowing our body is a gift to us to to receive these energies and frequencies to help us evolve perfectly said Perfectly said, right on. And it's that simple. Yeah. In practice, of course, we're used to, and here's the cool, interesting part. We're used to the mind, right? The mind takes over and the mind's like, oh no, no, they can't say that stuff. That's not right. 
that's a lie or that's that's uh you know that's bigotry or that's judgmental we judge judgment mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the brain mind and the brain mind has been used to running the show because we've been very purposefully cut off from our heart and our gut and our dna and so here we're truly reclaiming it it's a radical act to reclaim the whole thing the whole body mm-hmm. and as the soul allows and has that attention of love all right so what they say might be untrue and can i allow that energy of feeling like this isn't true to move through me to inform me because that's why i'm interacting with it is to become informed that's why as creator beings any situation that upsets us or is difficult or is painful even as children it's created together there's no there's no island in that in that sense of polarities victim tyrant worthlessness arrogance abundance scarcity those are the three biggest polarities that we tend to learn the most from in our lifetimes especially in a society that's been dramatically uh corrupted for so long and all of that's over it's crumbling the entire thing all over the globe is over. It's over. We're in a whole other paradigm now. The paradigm of empowerment. Mm-hmm. It's interdependence. Not codependence. And it's going to be very interesting how culture changes from here. But we're using the language of light at this point. And what I mean by that is allowance and love and listening and recognizing and letting things move through because it's there to inform you and there's no other reason to allow it to move through. So when that house of light becomes more light and the trauma trash bags are shifted oftentimes through that non-resistant state, then you're gonna end up finding your body changes dramatically. Your body is informed by the consciousness of your soul. And lots of ancient people wrote about this. Um, and I encourage people to go read, for example, Deanima. Deanima is a, a book by Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about how the soul informs the physical of the, the physical shape of the body because they're so intimately merged. And that is also what Leslie Temple Thurston talked about in the book, The Marriage of Spirit. It's the marriage of spirit and body. And this marriage exists the moment of the moment that the soul enters into the body. And this marriage is something that I've resisted my whole life, Alara, up until now. Same here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And why? Because it's painful. Because being human is hard. It's not easy it's not an easy game board but it is a game board that leads you back home back home and that's the whole function of the universe itself i look at people now even if they disagree with me even if they hate me i have people who really don't like me and that's okay but i notice it and i think you know what we're all going to end up home together mm-hmm. And that's that attention of love. 
saying, it's okay what you're feeling. I accept that you feel this way and I acknowledge it. It exists and so do you. And we're all going to go home one way or another. Yeah. It's all going to go into oneness. And I want people to imagine many, many beads of water. You know how you go to a car wash mm-hmm. and, and the, the beads of water are on the window and they, the, the dryer comes, right? And it yeah. makes the little beads of water sort of look like they're being chased away. But those beads of water, they start glomming together. They start meeting up together and they become more and more one until they literally drip off. Same with the spider's web. You'll see lots of little beads of water and the spider actually will go around and purposefully gather them all up and the water is attracted to each other and then it drops off. Well, consciousness is like that too. Each of us are like a bead of water. There is a desire for us to merge into oneness. Mm -hmm. When people are so different from us and their vantage points are so different than us or their culture, is so different than us, we'll resist it. We resist that state of oneness. And this is the opposite of that. It's saying, I'm gonna be in such a state of non-resistance that I'm going to see all of these brothers and sisters of mine and all of consciousness, all the little, all the rocks and every part of this reality is all wanting to and will eventually become one again. And that's that consciousness of love. This is how we'll end up as a culture globally changing. And this is so key, I think, to our evolution. Any thoughts about that, Alara, that I might be able to bounce off from you? (laughs) Well, one of the things that was coming up was, you know, when we're talking about non-resistance, what is the, I mean, I know the answer, but what is the difference between non-resistance and somebody taking advantage of you and you being a doormat, for example, right? A lot of times when you go into non-resistance, I'm just going to allow some people who, who may not be aware of what it is that you're doing may take advantage of that state and take advantage of you, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So let's say you're in an abusive relationship right now and you're becoming aware of it Uh, people might have been pointing it out to you hey you know this isn't good this is not healthy and you've you're finally aware that this is a problem but you can't go anywhere yet and that moment is a very painful moment to realize i need out of this and i can't go yet or or whatever and i've i've experienced that In that moment, then the first thing you have to do is not to resist your own self-love. Because if you can't really, truly be able to accept you and all that's happened and all you've learned and all that you've experienced and all your trauma for what it really is, then you're not going to be able to heal or get out of something that bad. So everyone, all of us ought to, and here's another tool, go inward and welcome your beautiful spirit as a temple, this home of your body. It's a temple. Mm -hmm. So I had this crazy dream the other night, and this is probably because we were going to do this show. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I dreamt that I was going into this rock temple with my whole family. And, uh, and some of you know how big my family is. I'm the oldest of seven kids. And then my husband's family was there, my parents and all my siblings, and my family with my children and all my nieces and nephews. This is a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> we're, wandering, we're wandering around and we find this crazy rock formation and we start going down into it. My mom goes first. And we go into this rock formation that had been carved out of the rock. It looked like this silvery st sandstone. And there's all these white bricks my dreams are very vivid. So there's all these white bricks kind of um, lovingly put a realized, oh, it's a temple. We go into it and there's these rock windows and then this big, huge window carved out of the rock that looks over into this big canyon. And then there's this little uh, way to leave outside out of the temple to the side. And there's a well in the middle of the temple also lined with all of these white stones and there's a woman sitting in front of the well gazing out of this vantage point and she's bald and she's wearing a, a gold shift dress just very simple and no one seems to notice this lady except me and everyone's more fascinated with all these doodahs that are around because there's all these like little doodahs and statues and things kind of here and there throughout the temple. And I go over to her and I said, hi. And she looks at me and Alara, it's, it was me. And, and I said, what is this place? And she said, well, it used to be a temple, but then it turned into a gift shop. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and I said, well, I believe it can be a temple again. Mm -hmm. And everybody, they picked something out of the gift shop. All my family, they picked something out of the gift shop and they left my husband, my children. And then they left, but I stayed and I merged with her and I sat and I became her and I reclaimed the temple and said, no, this is not a gift shop. It's not a place for people to come in and take what they like and leave the rest. It's a place of reverence. And that is you. So for those of you who are troubled by any kind of abuse or doormat, <laughs> energetic, yeah. go inward. The job has to start from the inside first. You loving your temple again. Talk to your body. Have a different relationship with him or her. Talk with the body and say, hey, you know, I want to be together. You're my first love. My first love is always going to be this beautiful body that I get to be in so I can evolve as a soul. And make that your first marriage. Your first love is your body and your soul together. And that's something that I'm learning but you can hear it in my voice. This has been very profound for me. It cracked me open. This was just a couple days ago. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think that people. It's so beautiful because it's like a lot of times we, we, we don't give enough attention to the body. I know I never did. Right. It's like, it was just, it's just there, you know, it's a bother. It's whatever, you know, but now it's like, but you, you cannot ascend without the body and the soul chose this body. Right, so a lot of times when I would judge my body, I would have to come back to that point like, 
okay, I chose this body. The soul chose this body to experience whatever, to evolve, to ascend, to, to, to create was with this body. So I was like, all right, fine. I will accept it. But it was grudgingly, right? It was grudgingly, right? And so, you know, and the poor body experienced all sorts of not so nice things, you know. But now it's like there's a more of a relationship with the body, you know, talking to the body, asking the body what it requires. And, and I think that's one of the biggest pieces that you talked about is, you know, we chose the body to have these experiences to, to, to inform us, right? So the body is also informing us about what's going on in our reality, in our universe, and how to, you know, make different choices so that we can evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the access you have to the universal library. You access it through several different bodies all in one. So we talk about the physical body, and that's really run by bacteria. They, they run the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the bacteria are like, come on, y'all, you aren't actually living in harmony with the earth which is partly why many of our systems are crumbling at the moment. And, uh, you know, our food systems, the way that they're run at the moment, it's got to change. And so our biomes are requiring diversity. And that's something really key to notice. So how do you heal that? Well, you get diverse, you get dirty, you get with the earth, you get grounded and just start with the soil. Start with potting some things in pots and growing them on your porch. Just start there. And and there's no there's there's no need to worry or or feel flustered about how all of this is crumbling, how we're gonna fix it. We will. Humans are incredibly adaptable, honestly. And anyone who's shown up to be human at the moment is a true badass. So, you know, you give yourself some accolades here. You showed up. <laughs> yeah, we all chose to be here now. So all of us who are on these types of calls, we all chose to be here. We have to get that. This is not an experience that's, that's like haphazard, random, or like, why is this happening to me? No, you know, we chose to be here at this now. And are you using this opportunity to evolve, to grow, to learn, to be? Exactly. And that can only be done in the moment. So then there's these other bodies and the ancients talks about the, they talk about them. The mental body is one that's really fussy. And as I was saying, the mind likes to take over because it thinks that it's got to run the show. And honestly, we've all been taught that. So developing the mind. Mm -hmm. True. And is something that especially Westerners are really interested in. And certainly I did. I spent 10 years in academia. But the mind itself needs to be healed. And the mind is run by programs. So here's another tool for people. Whenever you notice a crappy program run through, so I'll just give my, use myself as an example again. Um, I have one that is really frustrating. And it's one that I've struggled with most of my life. And it's around beauty. And I always knew I was the smart kid. But I didn't want to just be smart. I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted people to like me and like the way I looked. And uh, thankfully, I was conscious enough and psychic enough, honestly, as a 14-year-old that I knew people weren't actually thinking about that kind of thing. They were thinking about themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the, the need for it was always there. So like the other day, um, I actually had it run through my head about how I wished I was more beautiful. 
And it just made me start crying because I have struggled with this program for so long, but I know exactly what to do. And the first thing you got to do is be grateful because that program's simply there to try to help you survive in a crazy sick society. Yeah. So I back to it. Hey, thank you program that says I'm ugly or whatever. Thank you. Thank you for existing. I know you're trying to help me. That separates you from the program. And then you're going to say, I require you to shut down now because the brain actually does want your guidance. So, Who is requiring it? So yeah. I'm trying. So we say that in order. Thank you so much. I require you to shut down now. I'm the soul in charge. And then you replace it. I'd rather understand my true innate beauty fully now. And then I take a big deep breath to let the body know that you're in charge. The breath is one of the cool, easy tools you can use to let your house of light know that you love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that and you're running the show. So when we do this, the, the programming actually does begin to change and it changes swiftly, but there's a lot of similar programs. Yeah. <laughs> Just like if you pull a tap root out, there's all these little tendril roots that get left. That's the same. It's just the way it goes. And as anyone knows, who's cultivated Mm -hmm. A garden, the garden of the mind is no different than a regular garden. You're going to be pulling rocks and weeds out a lot. And it's just part of gardening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But this is such a simple process, right? It is so simple. And using the breath, talking to the body as well as the mind, you know, makes it more holistic. Exactly. Yeah. And so then there's the, the other bodies. There's the emotional body. Now we can totally use the emotional body to our advantage. A lot of people really would rather bypass that entire body, but it's actually very special and not every being, here's something interesting, kind of a galactic anthropological point of view, not every being in this universe has an emotional body. So let's take advantage of this. It's our way of being able to perceive frequencies. It's how you read the books in the library is through the emotional body. Mm -hmm. Your mind will understand it fully when you actually let your emotional body do the reading first. And where do we feel that? Well, the whole body. Mm -hmm. When people deal with trauma, a lot of times they'll say things like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it in my hands or in my toes. Why do I feel this trauma in my toe? And it's because the emotional body is connected to every cell and it's deeply connected to your nervous system. So when someone says something mean to you, bam, it hits your heart first because your field, your emotional body is actually quite large. Mm -hmm. It includes the first and then we react from there, Laura, but here's that cool trick here. Oh, okay, I feel it. Now you're the soul in charge and your, net, your, your new job is to feel fully. I feel fully this pain and I welcome you, pain. Move right through. You are welcome here. I won't resist you. 
You are allowed to exist. I am allowed to feel pain right now. I am allowed to feel angry right now. And I welcome you. And then it doesn't create trauma. Mm -hmm. And this is such a blessing that we could be able to move through our lives without the buildup of any new trauma. This is how you do it. You use your emotional body and you welcome fully. You merge with it. Now, this can help you upgrade your mental body by using the emotional body this way. You upgrade then your mental body by not just noticing the frequencies of emotion and, and the good and the bad and all of the oneness and separation, but by actually putting your gazing attention on it. This is the act of a mystic then. You're all mystics. Congratulations. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to gaze at it. You're going to put your attention on this frequency that showed up. Okay, I've literally co-created this anger together with this person. And they threw something at me. And it felt like anger. And I've, I welcome it fully. And if I gaze at it, if I allow myself to put my attention on it, and I fully allow it in the field. It dissolves in light. Yes, it dissolves because if we resisted it, it would be consciousness under pressure, right? But when we don't resist, it dissolves and it becomes light. Mm -hmm. The more light then you're generating by this welcoming, by this allowance, by really appreciating your own emotional body and noticing how it can read the world for you. You empaths have your own version of seeing. You can see with your heart. Mm -hmm. And it's just as powerful as seeing with the third eye. So that's really key. We can use these two bodies to help us and to help us merge with our own embodiment more deeply. And through this practice, the outcome really is the reclaiming of your embodiment, mm -hmm. the reclaiming of the temple and the reverence for it. And then when you have that reverence for yourself, you end up requiring it also. Of others. Of others. And your relationships change and the people around you change simply by the inner work. My own marriage and my own family is a great testimony to yeah. that in great change and growth, even if I haven't said anything or told him about what I've done or told him about my processes, he doesn't need to know. He can see it and he feels it and he wants to come along. He wants to be part of it. And whenever we have trouble, a lot of times it's simply him resisting that he needs to work on his own worthlessness stuff. Mm -hmm. And a big shift in my worthlessness will often bring up a big shift in his, even if we don't even talk about it. So that's something to notice. And that's where you can get really scientific and start looking for measurable results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you'll see them all around you, right? You'll see it in your own life. You'll see it in your, in your partner and your family all around you. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like being, being aware of, okay, I just went through something. So the, the person who's closest to me is going to pick up on that. Right. So that, and they may not be, you know, 
be willing to respond in a way that I would like or I would appreciate. So they're going to sometimes maybe even react, you know. So I ha- so it's a bit, it's good to be aware of that for yourself so that you know, you then know how to respond, right? Yeah. We have to teach people how to communicate to us. And if I could redo all of our educations, the first thing we would be learning is not reading and writing. It's how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And and talk to ourselves to truly listen there's a tool i like to use called mirroring right and mirroring is pretty simple you literally are listening to someone and you're simply going to repeat back to them what you're hearing at first it's a little awkward and sometimes especially kids can totally figure out what you're doing and like they'll fight you on it but if you don't give up then you're gonna find some interesting results. And here's how I like to do this. And we use the very important piece of consent. When someone's giving you information about their lives or they're complaining or they're, or whatever, let's say, let's say you've got your partner there and they're complaining mm-hmm. about something. About something, something that they complain about all the time. You're gonna mirror back to them. I know you're always really frustrated with the neighbors. They really, really bother you when they do that kind of stuff. And then I don't add, but, and, or I. Because that negates everything that you just listened to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to have a response. And that's, that's something tricky is to learn. Oh, I'm, I'm just adding responses because my ego really wants to be heard too. But you know what, Ego? You'll get your chance in a minute. We need consent first. So then I would say, could I share with you some of my thoughts about this whole neighbor thing? And maybe the partner says, no, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Then it's, uh, then it's done, and maybe you can try it again a different time. But maybe they say, yeah, I'd like to hear. Then they are in listening mode. Mm-hmm. Now, they might have responses and stuff because they haven't perfected it, but when you do the perfect mirroring back and you just give it a try, even if it's not perfect, and you drop the eyes and the butts and the ands, then you're going to see people relax. Yeah. Open up. They, they'll stop crossing their arms. And you know why? It's because they finally feel heard. Yeah. And that's and so to, important. That's, that's, so, that's such a key concept. Absolutely. It is. And it feels really good to truly be heard where someone's not coming up with responses in their mind. And it's, it's actually kind of cool now as I'm around people in public, I can really tell they're all constantly responding in their mind. Yeah. Mind. And no one really feels heard. So this is another radical way through kindness, through listening, that we can change the way that we get communicated to. Because ultimately it feels so good that people are gonna want to practice it. They wanna do it too, and they will eventually. Um, And it can take some time unless you uh, address it directly and say, hey, I'd like to communicate like this together. Some people will be open to it. Some may resist it. Kids will resist it because they're like, suddenly you're listening to me. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) 
Like, stop it, mom. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can but, see that. Yeah, you don't give up, and eventually it just becomes normal. Now my kids are so used to it. They don't, it's all normal now. We do it in our household at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's really special. And then when you will actually know what to do. And that's also a wonderful feeling. So we're just trying to heal the communication because this whole embodiment, the house of light, the library of the universe and all of its frequencies, it's all based in relationship. We can't have any evolution or growth. We can't do any guidance or experiencing of oneness without relationship. That's why this act of non-judgment is so radical to say, you know what, you're entirely opposite of me in every way, perhaps, but I deeply appreciate the fact that we're all going to go home together, man. (laughs) And I think that's what we have to remember, that we are all going to go home eventually, you know, to the same place, right? And so, you know, it just, it's, when you think about that, it kind of softens your heart and brings more compassion, both for yourself and for the other person that you might be having some sort of challenge with. It's like, okay, you know, eventually we're all going to go home together. We may not be on the same page right now. We may not be on the same wavelength, but it'll all work out, right? So in the meantime, how can I respond? You know, like, what can I do with this situation? And without reacting, without judgment, how can I just be and allow the situation to unfold and allow these energies and frequencies to go through me without getting them stuck, you know? And I, and I think the, the stuckness comes when we get our mind involved, right? If we just stay in our bodies, stay in our heart space, then, and just allow the energies to go through, they'll go through quicker and faster and easier than when we actually start resisting, right? Exactly. And this is uh, that radical mindset shift that turns someone not only from a spiritual person on a spiritual path, but into an actual mystic. Mm-hmm. Because mysticism is the navigation of all dimensions. It's the na- mm-hmm. navigation of one. And it's at this point, no longer a mental enlightenment game. It is a full body enlightenment game. Yeah. And, this- and that's what we want, the full body enlightenment, not the mental enlightenment. You know, I think people have been on that path for a long time and it's not working. Right. Well, it worked for some people for a while, but during entirely different eras yeah. where, where that was possible. But again, they, they, with the mind, they skipped over all the other dimensions. And some of those dimensions have some really, really juicy things to learn about, including polarities, because ultimately all dimensions are the library. Mm-hmm. It's of the library and you want to be able to access this library you we all do so Elizabeth um, Iona has a question about the universal library that you were talking about is that the same as the Akashic Records no um, the Akashic Records are soul memory and at least in my perception um, and to be really honest and open and transparent um, I didn't even know what that was until like last year because I tend to do my own seeing my own way. 
And a lot of what I end up seeing, it all it's already there. And then people are like, yeah, there's a name for that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's how I always know, okay, I'm on the right track because I'm seeing this too. Mm-hmm. Right. Others have seen it and others have named it. I perceive the Akashic Records as the soul's memory. So each soul has its own history. And mm-hmm. that history is what I think the records are. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to clarify that for Iona. Question. Um, and then Linda had a question about when you were talking about that not all people have an emotional body. Are you talking now? I don't remember that exactly like that. So maybe there was something else there. But are, are you talking about narcissistic people? No, I'm. I'm not talking about humans at all. Yeah. I'm talking about beings, other beings. Yeah. Look, I'll give you a good example. There's this 3D being who has a body. We call them the gray aliens. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about the gray aliens. Mm-hmm. They don't have an emotional body. They don't have feelings. And that's totally normal for them. It's just that their evolution and their embodiment has an entirely different background. Yeah, for sure. Function like that. They don't function like that. And that's a good example. Um, but human beings, all human beings, even narcissists, do have an emotional body. Narcissists get wired that way through trauma. And anyone who ends up becoming a perpetrator of any problematic things in the world always had been a victim at one point. Mm-hmm. And that's been pro- well proven. So, no, all humans have emotional bodies, and yeah. we can be grateful for that, and we can hope that they'll be able to use them wisely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Joe had a question earlier, He and he said, why do we tend to judge love when love doesn't judge us? Well, I think we tend to run our definitions of love, right? And we, we get taught really early on by our families, mm-hmm. for good or worse, mm-hmm. what they think love is. Yeah. Pass down these concepts of love. I actually had a friend recently who's a really dear friend. He said, I don't believe in unconditional love because people, they, you know, may do something terrible and it's not an act of love. And that means that their love never had, that it always had conditions. And I said, you know, that's when you're only thinking of love as an action. That's a very specific, narrow definition of what love is. And if we were to, you know, we could do a whole show on what love is. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) If you you notice, okay, everything I've been taught about love, I'm going to be willing to let it go. I'm going to be willing to much more than that I actually asked source about it and I was taking a walk and I said source what is love and I I, this was another time when I actually heard words I I heard them say it's all the frequencies of existence and it dawned on me of course of course love is not just one frequency it's not just one person's definition one facet or perspective it's everything (laughs) It's all of it. The whole universe is based off of this beautiful love that is all about no conditions. 
and I want to reiterate this, what is the only condition for love? That's existence. If it exists, if it exists, it is loved. I, you know, I'm always fascinated by this concept. If it exists, it is loved. I mean, look at how flies, flies exist, right? Yeah. And, and they love the poop in the yard. Somebody loves the poop. <laughs> the bacteria love the poop. Uh, you know, it's, it's loved. It's full. It's, it exists. There's only one requirement for love. Existence. And that's yeah. it. And that's the thing. That's something that, you know, even for all of us, you know, some people still do not accept that they're lovable or that they are loved, you know, by source, you know, as for, for example, and, and, and that's the thing you, you, because you exist, you are loved. Right. And that's something that I, I've also, I've, I have also said as well. And as, and, but sometimes we want to be shown that, you know, we want to see that, you know, what is, what is the proof of that? Right. And when we're having a, um, a not so happy existence, you know, <laughs> then it's like, well, if source God creator loves us, why am I going through this? You know, why am I experiencing this? You know? Well, this is where this big cognitive dissonance occurs. Is when I'm telling people, look, even the really horrible things exist. They belong in the library. And this is the difference, you know, this is one of the, this is the difference between loving a terrible action or loving your own trauma and understanding it. We're not being asked to love these terrible actions or to love our, our trauma to teach anyone ever. I don't want you to love the horrible things that have happened to you. That's not the job. That's already occurring. You don't have to do that. You're here to understand it as a conscious soul, to fully understand what you're going to take out of it and what you're not. And you don't have to love the perpetrator either. Mm -hmm. That's, again, not your job. <laughs> Sometimes people, they equate the healing process as, oh, well, now I'm going to unconditionally love all the people that ever hurt me. No, that's not the job. That's already happening. You don't go and love them. And you don't have to love the dog poop in the yard. You really don't. You just need to understand that it exists and why. And that's the job. And furthermore, we tend to humanize source God. We mm -hmm. humanize source God. And that's totally normal. Humans humanize everything. It's a fancy word. It's called anthropomorphization. I love that word. Because we look at something and we put human attributes to it. And that's not really reality. Yeah. When we sure. say, dang it, God, why, why aren't you loving me? This is the separation we've created in our mind. And we've forgotten that we're already being contained in the entire universe. We exist, therefore we are loved. And here's a practice to help people get this better. And it's gonna be both mental and emotional. And I want you to imagine mm -hmm. the edge. 
there's an edge. There's an edge. There's many other universes. Mm -hmm. And what's between them? What's between them? Nothing. It's called the void. There's no existence there. There's no frequency. There's there's not even nothing. Like you can't even say that there's even just space. There's no gas. There's not a nothing. It's the void. It's non-existence. Go gaze at that. Just sit with it. You don't have to go into it. Just sit with non-existence. The gift of the void is gratitude. Because what you're going to realize after a little while of gazing at this, and I'll just save you some time, is that you're being constantly thought of into existence. You are being imagined into existence. The gift of the void is gratitude that God is thinking of you every single second into existence. Hmm. That's wow. why you, in a minute, that God stopped thinking of you, the whole universe would disappear. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to happen. You're constantly being imagined into existence so that God can learn through you as a soul. And so your soul can evolve and change and go home into oneness back into God's heart again. That is what's going on. So that ends the separation between us and God and saying that God has been hurting us or allowing these bad things to happen. That's not exactly, you know, how it works <laughs> it all, it's all god and that's the, the cognitive dissonance part but if we can get grateful for being imagined into existence that tends to shift this dissonance out of the way so we can say all right my job is to understand this i don't have to love it love already exists mm -hmm. yeah love already exists for it and I can love the things that I really want to put my attention on. Beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so there was a, a few more questions. Um, so Fern, hopefully I'm saying your name properly. Uh, she says, you've talked recently about the helpfulness of the egoic structure. Can you please speak more about that? And does it relate to DNA? Oh, sure. So egoic structure has four types of structures that show up. And I really like to go in and define this because a lot of definitions of ego go, go around or, or non-definitions. Oh, that's ego. You know, how do you know? What is, what is ego? Ego has four structures and this is consciousness under pressure. That's all ego is. It's under pressure. And and mm -hmm. so when we're attached to something, it actually creates a lot of pressure for light and love to try to go through. So I, I often point out to parents, you know, you're attached to your children. That's totally normal. Of course you are. You love your kids. And yet we are not always unconditionally loving of our kids. We run, we run a lot of what we want from them and for them through our egoic structure, like being really attached to them and their outcomes. That is egoic structure. It doesn't feel like unconditional love on the other side when you're receiving it, right? And then there's judgment. Judgment's one of the other structures. Very handy to notice. Ah, what is judgment? Well. Judgment is your actual discernment 
of the spirit and the body, discernment, a way to understand reality, being run through all of your attachments and expectations. And then suddenly that's judgment. And that that's really important. So if we're if we're backing out of judgment, what's the gift? We're gonna discern better. We're gonna yeah. be able to discern the truth better and understand reality and understand the trauma we've been through better. The, set, the third structure is expectations. And there's lots of different layers to expectations. There's expectations um, that are societal, that are culturally, culturally learned. There's expectations that are primal. If someone reaches out to hit me, I'm going to expect to be hit in that moment. That's a primal expectation. And the ego is very primal. There's, that's why we don't end up, you know, randomly walking into the street and getting hit by a bus because the ego is trying to help you survive. Mm -hmm. and, and so we can really appreciate ego for that and say, thanks, ego. I really appreciate you. You're keeping me alive. Yeah, true. You're allowing me to expect that if I do step into front of, into the front of a bus, I'm going to get squished. Um, but then there's the other layers of expectations. Like I expect that I'm going to get paid when I work this amount of hours, but what if it doesn't happen? Then our, then we're really hurt. We're traumatized by that. And it creates trauma when we actually run our experiences through the ego. It distorts mm -hmm. what we can learn and understand about reality. The last structure is resistance. And resistance is tricky because you don't always know you're resisting it. But one of the things that you can use is your emotional body. The emotional body will let you know just how uncomfortable you are. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. <laughs> and that's when you're going to say, all right, here's, here's that discomfort. If I tense up and resist it, it's actually going to cause me harm. So I'm going to not resist it. I'm going to allow it. And that's where your soul comes into charge and you're the active uh, attention of love and saying, you know, I'm, this isn't going to hurt me. This mean comment actually can't hurt me if I don't resist it. And it moves through me and then I'm informed by it. What are you informed by? Well, you're probably not going to hang out with that person much longer. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> you're going to be really informed about who you're going to be around and how you want them to talk to you. Yeah. And that's going to be good information to continue to use. Yeah. So very, very handy, these structures, because they show you a lot. And as you begin to notice them more and more, you free yourself of the attachments and you love unconditionally. And that feels really good to receive. And it feels good to give that way. When I say to my husband, I'm not attached to your outcomes anymore, babe. It's up to you to navigate consciousness for yourself because you're here to learn and understand, learn from me teaching you and, and guiding you and trying to control the outcome for you. Mm -hmm. You learn as well if I, if I try to do that. Um, you know, and then the same goes with these other structures that show up. So thank you, Fern, for that very good question. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And then uh, Melissa was asking, but how do we heal that separation on an emotional level? And I'm assuming it's the separation between us and spirit creator. Yeah, I would assume so. 
Right, so first go hang out and examine non-existence. Examine it, gaze at it, allow it. Non-existence is outside this universe. Allow it to show you just how really one you are with God, with spirit. Mm -hmm. it's, it is that you are being appreciated and fully Mm -hmm. source imagining you to be so that helps a lot because that gratitude for existing and then realizing wow I'm I'm also grateful that everything else exists too and to know then that without you the universe can't exist your observing of the universe allows it to exist simultaneously I know that's a weird concept mm -hmm. The fact that humans can observe anything actually changes its function. Just as you observe a photon and it changes its form. It changes form and function of the, of the whole universe when you're willing to look at it and say, this exists with me, because of me, for me, and through me. And it's that true consciousness. That's how important your attention is. What are you putting your attention on? That is because that, that is that's so important. What observing are you putting it your on? Yeah. yeah. The other thing is put your attention then on you. Mm -hmm. Go inside to the self and notice. You know what? I have learned a bunch of terrible things, but I really learned. And even if they happen multiple times, there's a lot there that I can take away, like who I'm going to be with and who I don't want to be with and what relationships I want with food and people and places and reality. Mm -hmm. And really do some recapitulation. That's a mystical act. Go through and welcome the layers and layers of hurt that made you feel like God didn't love you anymore. Welcome them and understand that then all God needed you to do was understand. You didn't have to love those things that happened to you and you ought perhaps not to. It can be yeah. very dramatic, uh, welcoming their trauma that way just as a learning and not as something that they're being forced to love. And everything is informing us. And that's what oh. we have to get. Everything is informing us. And are you willing to be aware of what that is? Right? And then use that to move forward. Yeah. And you get to be in charge of your arc. Um, Alara, a lot of people are worried about timelines. Mm -hmm. They say things like, oh, we're skipping a timeline. Or there's no such thing. There are no timelines, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, people say collapsing timelines, etc. Yeah, it's a term we use to understand linear time. But there aren't any timelines. It's an ocean. Mm. And every single second, you're navigating this. And I want to point out, all the timelines, if they did exist, they all go home anyway. They all go into one place anyway, just like us. So even if an event that happened that was really bad no one can see the future no one can see the future don't give your future away to anyone you i have been through such hell and yet i wouldn't be here 
-hmm. without so we can't ever know exactly how something will outplay and if you do believe in timelines i uh, i challenge you to allow all timelines to be equal that all timelines are equal they all go home they're all 10,000 roads yeah there's not one is not better than another back to the same place and it's yeah. always back to lights yeah and it's just a matter of which one i think is going to give you more ease right even then we tend to value this kind of stuff and we say well i really don't want that to happen yeah but you have no idea what's gonna how that's gonna outplay not only for your life but others lives and the whole universe mm -hmm. we cannot see that it's not for us to be able to perceive and i literally told my teacher she said you know will i ever attain supreme enlightenment and i said you know what the minute you give up the possibility of attaining it and allow it to be as equal to the possibilities of not attaining it, mm -hmm. that's when you're gonna get what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because they're all perfect. Every single one of those timelines, even the really, really horrible hell timeline. Yeah. True. Uh, a judgment we're making. It's a judgment we're it making on these events. And and we've decided to value certain ones over others. That's normal, but it's also not real. Mm -hmm. It's not real. Mm -hmm. Because all those hell events can bring you higher into places of grace that you never imagined. That's true. Everything's already been imagined into existence. And and if we stop trying to control that so much and we allow ourselves to be pulled through this force of love into oneness, you won't wonder and trust that you're gonna be able to get there. And you, you get there faster when you stop trying to cling to the walls of the river. <laughs> and you allow yourself to be carried through the love that Source has for every single little atom of you and is imagining that constantly into reality. So it again comes back to being an allowance for what is, you know, not being in resistance and embodying the light within you and allowing that light to expand and inform you. Exactly, and that's the reclaiming of the house of lights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the experience of the library in its fullness to say, you know, Fully, I want to know you fully so I can be fully informed about you. I'm going to allow this grief and be fully informed by this grief that exists. And thank you. And for this information, then now it doesn't have power over you. Mm -hmm. That's where you're trying to get to the end of everything having power over you. Mm -hmm. And finally deciding, I am a being that is a house of light, and I am empowered by knowing and understanding what exists here. And that's mysticism. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yes, Elizabeth is truly incredible, Joe says. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Elizabeth, I wanted to take a few minutes 
to talk about the special offer and then we'll come, we'll come back and make sure we haven't missed anything, but oh my goodness, it's, you know, it's already, we've, I think we've covered like three or four different processes that we can use in our day-to-day -day lives to assist us in moving forward and to assist us in being present in this embodiment, right? And uh, reclaiming that house of light that we are, that we truly are. So for those of you who are on the live page, you can just click on special offer. And those of you who are not, you may be watching or listening somewhere else. You can go to alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth seven. Yep, alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth seven. Um, and so this is a, a mix of a, diff of, of a few different things, Elizabeth, right? Sorry, say that again, it blanked out. Sorry, I was gonna say this is a package that has like four, you know, different pieces to it. Yes, that's right. So the first part is this class that I taught called Quantum Healing for Infectious Disease. And it's not medical advice, it's a tool. It's how to do quantum healing, but specifically an examination of infectious disease, such as viruses, bacteria, yeast, and any sort of issue, germy germs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I create a very different mindset here in this class. And for those of you who are healers, some of you are being asked not to touch people anymore. This is a very, very important class for you because mm -hmm. every single one of you, mm -hmm. even if you're not a healer, are completely capable of doing quantum healing because of this beautiful entanglement that exists in this universe. You don't need to have direct physical contact to help someone heal. Yeah. And furthermore, if we truly understand what infectious disease is, your mindset shift in this class is going to help you to absolutely find learning and understanding of it. And even being able to love these beautiful things that exist. So quantum healing for infectious disease, it's a very intense four hours where I walk you through step-by-step step on how to do this work. And I think it's very important at this time. Then there's the Universal Library three-part series. And I really wanted to make sure you got time with me live mm -hmm. in this series. The first one you can listen to now where I describe what is this Universal Library and how exactly can you understand your soul's essence? Now, I, I realized recently that each person has a special essence. It's like a facet on a, on a jewel, and each human or even any sort of consciousness has a part of this facet of the whole, the whole of which is the universe. Well, each facet is unique. It is unique. Mm -hmm. Here we are also trying to come into oneness, and soul essences are there for us to be able to say, you know, what is the great thing that I love the most? And for me, it's to be in a state of wonder. I'm always amazed, that's my true essence. I'm constantly amazed, even if I repeat the same stuff for years, which I have, still amazed by it, even now, and I'm always learning more. And I know that there's always more to learn. Act in the world through an essence that can then really help us to be going home into oneness. Ultimately, we give up all identity, even in essence, in order to be one with source. And that's full body enlightenment. But 
in the meantime, to know how to function in this world. How are you going to have a relationship with the world? Are you going to be an essence of healing? Are you an essence of love? An essence of wonder or beauty? An essence of structure, of architecture? Is going to be something unique. And that class talks about how to understand what is your essence? Why did you come? to learn as a human why and this is how you know it also helps us to reveal skills all those soul skill sets we come through with like my mind is seeing i can see psychically and there really isn't anything keeping me from seeing it's a great gift that i'm here to share and all skills are there for sharing the second part which we'll do live in on august 29th is the radiance of your soul's essence how are you going to use that practically in your work, in your relationships, in reality, and for your full body enlightenment. And the last part together, September 12th, we'll discover mysticism and dimensional navigation. And I'm going to go in really, really deep and teach some things that I have never taught before about mysticism and about this concept of navigation. Universe and the void. And we're going to get really... Uh, technical, but we're also going to get practical too. We're going to do practical mysticism. Awesome. And then the next part is these four classes I picked. I call them multidimensional mastery classes. And one is about time where we're going to blow up the whole idea of timelines and we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about the scientific concepts of time and how to apply them spiritually and how to remain incredibly present in the now and how to help your friends and family be present in the now too, which is like half the fun, right? And then, then there's equations for enlightenment. There's very, I found these three equations are really unique and special. And one of them is a processing, emotional and mental processing equation. One is the golden ratio. And the other is the equations that we might look at that will help us continue to go it's all about, you know, what are some of the patterns that I've seen looking at other people in their journey towards enlightenment and what, what equations could we pull out of them? And this is about that. And then the, the soul skill sets class is where I go through and I list off what all the soul skill sets I've been able to see. I've done, um, in the past decade, I've done about 8,000 individual sessions. So I've got a pretty good sampling of people's experiences and their souls and their journeys and the questions that come up. And people do really want to know, what am I good at? Because half of us ended up not even getting a chance to discover that. Sometimes we've been so devoted to our career or our family, we don't even know what we like or what we're good at. So what are your soul skill sets? And then what what kinds of advancements are there every skill can be advanced and how do you do that exactly so that class answers all of that but i do a little bonus talk too about how do you know which one is yours how how can you discern as i'm listing them off for you how do you discern what soul skill set is yours or not and also you know a little cool hint is that guess what you can access new ones too that you never had before because the library is yours 
you don't have to be relegated to only being a seer or only being an empath. There's lots more to play with. And then the last class is probably one of the most important. It's full body discernment. How do you use your brain, your heart, and your gut to discern even the small choices like what you should eat or what person you should be dating or what big, huge life decision is in front of you, like moving or whatever, a big career change perhaps. How do you discern with your whole body exactly what is the right next step? And then the last piece is anyone who comes to join me through any packages or comes to join me through my list is welcome to come to a call every month on the last Sunday of the month. I call it the circle community call. We, it's our big circle gathering. I like to take the personal up to the universal and then we come in and we build a pillar of light. It's our selfless service. So we come together. Last time we built a pillar of light in Yemen because there's a lot of starving people there. And these pillars act as these beautiful spiritual structures of prayer that transmit our intentions and our love and our hopes for the world. And they remain there until their job is done. And so we've built lots and lots of pillars over the years. Beautiful. But we always get to build a new one each month. So that's, that's the package. And I'm very, very proud of this work. It's some of the highest level work I've been able to accomplish at this point. And I'm really excited to be able to speak, especially coming in my body finally and teaching from inside my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Laura, it's definitely a new experience. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. And, and that's something that, you know, we all should try and experience. I think the full body discernment is going to help people to get comfortable with the body and start to receive the messages from the body and communicate with the body. It's going to be so helpful. But all of the pieces of this package are actually really relevant, especially the, the soul skills, you know, set. It's like, wow, I just listening to that, it's like, oh, I wonder what other skills I have that I haven't even utilized yet, right? And exactly. um, just, you know, and the, the quantum healer, you know, for the, for the diseases, infectious diseases and so on. Right now, obviously, it can be of great help for everybody, you know, for what's going on. But oh, absolutely, wonderful, wonderful package. It's available, like I said, at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth seven. So please do take a look at it, take advantage of it, and take advantage of the fact that some of these classes um, are not recorded. They're going to be live, so you get a chance to work with Elizabeth during that call as well, in you know, live in person. So that's that's a bonus, you know. So um, so they're not just recorded; they're actually live as well. So yay! Um, so Elizabeth, there were a few questions or something popped in that I think might be helpful for people to to hear mm -hmm. about really quick. Um, there was something from Melissa she, and she says, when I meditate or sometimes I guess when I meditate, I go into the void and that feeling is not anything I experienced in 3d. And I was told I go too far away and it's not in my best interest. Can you speak to anything detrimental by expanding too far? I think that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> as a seer, I go as far as you can possibly go and then farther and farther. Mm -hmm. a little farther and as a mystic we go to the edge of experience and consciousness and we continue to push it and what are you doing you're learning 
it can't hurt you. Nothing's gonna hurt you by going into the void or going into a black hole. One of my other favorite places to go meditate is all remote view into the center of a black hole and it's just wonderful. It's so still. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just, I encourage people, push your mind. Your mind is glorious. See how far it can take. You know, if you feel out of your body and you're having trouble getting into your body, well, you're learning about that. Yeah. That's all. Well, if it interests you, if it interests you and it makes you want to put your attention on it, if, it, if it's something you're enjoying and loving, then do it. The minute it stops interesting you, you'll find something else to look at. Nothing can hurt you in that sense. So, you know, I think mm -hmm. um, learning how to get grounded in your body and enjoy being in the now is a good balance to that. And do what you feel is right for you. Trust your heart. Ask your heart and your gut if this is doing, if this is right for you right now. So that's my, that's my opinion on that one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that says it. Trust your heart. Trust your gut. Sometimes the mind is filled with fear, right? Fear and doubt and other people's thoughts, right? So follow your knowing, follow your, your heart knowing, okay? Um, there's a message from Sherry Lou, uh, and she says, uh, Elizabeth is truly a very beautiful and loving soul, and I've been so blessed to have worked with her. Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth and Laura, for this lovely call. She was such amazing help for all of us. Yeah, there was so much information. I mean, not just information, different processes that you can use to assist yourself. Um, and, oops, I missed it. And Olga says, um, please receive my deepest gratitude. You are the best teacher I've ever met. Everything you tell resonates perfectly and you make it so easy to follow and put in practice. I appreciate your light. Awesome, good. You know, and that's the thing. It's like some of these processes that Elizabeth has shared with us today are easy to put into practice, so, you know, so you use them, right? So you may have to go back and watch or listen to this again to, you know, take a, get a clearer understanding of the processes for you if, you if you want. So please do that and then start implementing them, start using them. Right? Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for these kind compliments. I really, really appreciate them. Yeah, and you know, I wanted to share those because I wanted people to hear about you know, how your wisdom resonates with people and how these processes can, you know, are simple to use and implement and practical, right? Practical in our everyday lives. And for me, that was, that, that's, that's really important that these are tools and processes that we can use right now to assist us in moving forward, to assist us in having more ease, to assist us in being more comfortable in our body as well, right? And having that relationship with our body to reclaim our temple of light, our body of light, our house of light whatever word or, you know, phrase you want to use, but reclaiming that, you know, and being that, you know, house of light and allowing our light to radiate out and shine our light, our wisdom, our love, so others can also feel that as well, right? So they can feel that love and know that they are loved because they exist, right? And that's, that's what, that was one of the key points you made is that because we exist, we are loved. Yeah. Right? And people need to hear that right now. I think people need to hear that always, but people really yeah. need to hear that. <laughs> you are lovable. You are supported, right? You are deserving. You are worthy, all of that. And, you know, 
it, the, the best thing to do is stay out of resistance and be in allowance of what is and allow the energies, the frequencies to flow through you and let them inform you, right? And let them, when, when you're able to allow that, mm, those energies and qualities to inform you, then you're able to have a better, broader understanding of what the next step is going to be for you, what choice you want to make, just an understanding of basically what is, right? Truly, and, who, and who you are. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's a perfect summary. Thank you. You're so good at that. <laughs> Thank you. You make it easy. It's like you're like, you know, you, you give such wonderful examples. And, and that's the thing. It's like there are some wonderful practical examples that Elizabeth shared so that you can also resonate with what she's saying, with what she's sharing. Right? So, you know, that makes it much easier for all of us. Uh, go ahead, Sherry Lou. Oh, gosh. Did I raise my hand? Well, you unmuted, so I'm, I'm assuming you wanted to say something. Oh, I, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I had unmuted. <laughs> I'm so I was. I've got noisy in here too. I'm sorry if I interrupted anyone. No, nope, but it's okay. Did, now that I'm on, I just want to say to you guys. Oh, please take advantage of what Elizabeth's offering. She's truly. I agree. She's the best teacher I've ever known, and I'm so grateful and. Oh, she's helped me so, so much. So please, if you can, take advantage of it. I really, really recommend that you take advantage of it. And bless you both. You are both beautiful women. Both absolutely stunningly beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherilyn. And so obviously you were meant to unmute so that you could share that with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? So thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. Um, and, and that's so beautiful because she wasn't planning to unmute herself. It just happened, right? So that, that was a message for all of us to hear that, yes, if you feel called, please do work with Elizabeth. Please take advantage of the package. And um, there is a two-part payment plan available for you if you'd like to use that as well. Can, that, you know, that may help as well right now for some of you who may be struggling with the uh, finances. Um, but definitely, there's so much wisdom, so much teaching, practical teaching in these in this package and in, in these programs that it's going to assist you that's going to help you and that's going to open you up to really be more of who you are and align you to the truth of who you are that you are loved and that you are loved fabulous yes fabulous that was wonderful elizabeth we always have such a wonderful time i i just like i love talking with you i love sharing with you and you know we we do resonate you know, we're on the same page, right? And it's beautiful. And, you know, yeah, I, I, just, I just love it. It's like so much fun. I always learn something new and like new ahas. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I feel very relaxed when we get to talk. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for your questions. Uh, Nicole, I think I missed yours, but I don't think you're here anymore. But um, thank you, everybody, for being on the call, for being present with us for allowing us to share these wonderful teachings with you. And please open up your heart and mind to receive, right? And go back and watch or listen to this again um, so you can receive even more, okay? And again, you know, be in allowance, right? Just be in allowance and everything will flow more smoothly for you, okay? So be in allowance. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Bye for mm -hmm. now.